Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Talitha Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Talitha Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helps severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. This episode, we have Congressman Eli Crane with us now. He represents the 2nd Congressional District out in Arizona. He's also a former Navy SEAL. Honored to speak with you, Congressman. Uh, I was there when you were... Just before being a congressman, I knew you were going to win, so I feel good about that prediction now. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Buck, and thanks for having me on while I was campaigning, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, and I, had, I had a feeling about that one. It was one of, the few, uh, <laughs> one of the few elections in 2022 that I was invested in uh, and that went the way I wanted it to. So it's like you, DeSantis in Florida, you know, there were some others that uh, Anna Paulina, she did well. I know you know her, your colleague in Congress. Uh, but there were certainly some uh, some close calls, even in Arizona. And I could actually ask you about that if that's cool in a little bit. But l- let's let's start with uh, with this. As I'm sitting here talking to you, there's all these headlines about the uh, the debt ceiling and and how if we default, it's going to be dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria, horrible things are going to happen. Can you just square away like? How many months has this negotiation been going on? What have Republicans done? What are Republicans asking for? Because it hasn't really gotten much attention. Yeah, so this has been going on for a long time, Buck. And, you know, it's it's interesting and it's kind of pretty cool. I think that uh, Republicans actually passed a bill out of the House. Um, I know most people didn't think that uh, we'd be able to do that, um, especially when you have, you know, a pretty staunch group of uh, conservatives that, you know, detest raising the debt ceiling, spending more money that we don't have. You know, many of you know it as the Freedom Caucus. There's some folks outside the Freedom Caucus that are very fiscally responsible as well. Um, and uh, so it was pretty it was pretty interesting that we were able to pass that. And uh, when I look, the reason that I voted for it, I was one of the, uh, you know, some people might say I was the swing vote on that one. I think I was the last guy to actually vote for it. Time had expired. I was putting my voting card in and I was sweating bullets, man, because I felt so torn. I know that we'll never turn this country around by continuing to spend money that we don't have. And so going into it that whole week and leading up to it, I was a pretty hard no. Um, And then, uh, you know, kept talking to other members in the Freedom Caucus and they were basically telling me, Eli, nothing, nothing even close to this has ever come to the House floor. We've never had, you know, the chance to pass something with this, this many heavy cuts in it, um, solid cuts that go after woke and weaponized spending of the federal government. Um, 
And and also the thing that really put me over the edge to vote for it, Buck, was, um, you know, folks in my district, we did some polling and some surveying um, the night before and the morning of after I was on a town hall call and, you know, the, the vast majority, like 90 percent of the people that I was talking to on the town hall uh, wanted me to support the debt ceiling cuts once I told them what was in it, you know, what the pros, what the cons were. And that really surprised me. I did not think the folks in my district would want me to vote for it, but the vast majority on that call did. So then we did. I, I thought, wow, maybe we should cast a wider net and see if this sentiment um, is larger in my district. Um, and so we did that the next day. And I think we had close to 500 respondents. And I think the uh, I think it was 79.6 percent of people uh, that responded asked me to vote for it, knowing what we were getting with it. And, you know, Buck, I swore, uh, you know, even though that's not the way I was leaning, I swore that if I did come up here and the people of Arizona sent me to represent them, that I wouldn't be a representative that just comes up here. Here's what they have to say. And then then I vote the complete opposite way, you know, and so um, their voice and what they want means a lot to me. And that was one of those times. And I'm sure there'll be other times in the future where what my gut and my instinct are telling me and what they want, you know, are two different things. And so that as a representative who actually wants to represent your people, that's a pretty tough, uh, tough spot. So Congressman, what do the Republicans want cut, you know, in this deal, yeah. what are they seeking? What, what kind of numbers are either as a percentage or an overall figure? Uh, what, what would be a, you know, in your mind, an acceptable outcome here, assuming that there's some negotiation on the part of the uh, Democrats after the House Republicans have already passed um, the continued funding? Well, like I said, you know, um, that was hard for me to even get get to there on that one. So I, I don't want to see anything come back that's weaker than what we've already passed in the House. But the things that we're looking for, Buck, we definitely want to pump the brakes on the federal spending up here. So we wanted to uh, cut back uh, spending to 22 non, non-defense discretionary spending levels. Some of the things that we were going after, as you probably know, Buck, uh, we were going after the uh, money for the the uh, doubling of the IRS, the 87,000 new IRS agents. We wanted to, we wanted to snatch that money uh, and really try to protect the American people from that. Uh, we went after the Green New Deal or the Inflation Reduction Act, it, as they changed the mm-hmm. name of it. And after some of those funds, we went after... Uh, some of the COVID recension funds, funds that were um, put out there from the federal government to localities, states, and communities that haven't been spent yet and are just, you know, sitting in a fund. We went, we went, we were trying to claw some of that back. Uh, we also went after the uh, college uh, bailout um, deal that, you know, had put Americans up in a complete rage because, you know, they, they, they don't believe and they sh- quite frankly shouldn't have to pay um to bail out folks that have taken, you know, college loans. And so those are some of the things that we went after. As you can tell, I, I, those pull pretty well with the American people. Um, and like I said, you know, here's the deal, Buck, you know, the deal, if you up here in this town, if you go after anything, if you try and cut anything, you'll be, they will find ways to demonize you. One of the ways they tried to demonize us was saying that we were going after, uh, veteran disabilities. Matter of fact, the, uh, Secretary of Veterans Affairs himself, you know, allowed uh, that that organization, that institution to put out a memo saying that we were going to cut veteran benefits by 22 percent. And it was crazy because 
we never Republicans never said anything like that um, at all. And so, you know, it's been it's been interesting, you know, getting, you know, some experience with um, just the machine up here, how it works. And if you try and start making changes, uh, you know, the, the slander um, and the lies that the, the swamp will start to generate to protect itself. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. How has Speaker McCarthy done up to this point? I mean, you were you were involved, if I recall correctly, in making sure that it would be a different speakership than what some would have expected, right? I mean, you were part of the group that weren't just uh, willing to say, "Oh yeah, sure, whoever the whoever the right. system wants, we're gonna we're gonna just put forward," uh, and that there was discussion, there were discussions, and there when there were concessions made. From what I understand, the speaker's numbers uh, in terms of favorables among Republicans has gone up pretty considerably almost six yep. months. You know, here we are into the year. So how, how would you assess how the speaker's been and, and some of the you know, what has surprised you on the positive side? You know, I want to call balls and strikes, Buck. I think everybody knows that, you know, I, I didn't vote for Kevin McCarthy for 15 rounds. I was one of the final four um, left at the end of that. And I still didn't vote for him at the end of it. Um, but I got to give him credit. I've, I've told other people and I'll tell you, tell you and your audience, I think he's doing a really good job. That being said, I will point out the fact that he he's incentivized to do a very good job because there are, there are some, you know, Republicans, um, and some conservatives that, you know, we will, we will hold the speaker accountable for deals that he's made. Um, you know, with the conservative group so that he could become speaker. And I'm going to tell you something, Buck, that job that he has, you know, I wish I wouldn't wish that on anybody. You know, I know nobody, nobody else in the party really wanted it. And I think he's done a really good job. And, you know, I, I pray for his success because it's important to the country that he does do a good job. Yeah, sometimes the job that has the big office just means that the cage you're in is a little bigger. You know what I mean? It's not always yeah. it's not always all it's cracked up to be. People feel like, uh, oh, the speaker is so much power. I'm sure there's a there's a lot of that that people don't really see. I, I want to talk to you about uh, Ukraine, uh, the GOP position on it, and and what we should do about it. Obviously, you're a former Navy SEAL. You're a guy who saw combat. Let's. Let's talk about that. We come back in a second. Uh, for everyone watching at home, I want to say please subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you've made it this far, I really appreciate you hanging out with us. But subscribe, and that way you'll see more of these uh, deep dive interviews that we're going to be putting out on the channel. So click the subscribe button there on the screen. And uh, also, I'm a big believer in getting a great night's sleep. I think it's really important. And now you got to check out the MyPillow 2.0. I mean, you're thinking to yourself, I've already got pillows, Buck. You don't have the MyPillow 2.0 yet. You need it. All right. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, but now has brand new exclusive fabric made with temperature regulating thread. Carrie and I have these on our bed here at home. They're just so comfortable. I mean, the MyPillow is amazing. Obviously built the company, but the 2.0 just refines it a little bit more. It's just that little extra something to make you sleep just a little better, feel a little more comfortable at night. 
The MyPillow 2.0 is a buy one, get one free for a limited time with promo code BUCK. It's made with, like I said, temperature regulating technology and all 100% made in the USA. Plus, the MyPillow 2.0 comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square for this buy one, get one free offer on the MyPillow 2.0 and enter promo code BUCK when you go to MyPillow.com, get your promo uh, get your uh, MyPillow 2.0. Congressman, how are we doing in terms of policy and support to uh, Ukraine? Do you think that the Biden administration is going too far? The provision of F-16s has gotten a lot of attention recently. How worried are you that we could be drawn even further into this and perhaps even see the spark of a broader conflagration? I don't want to say World War III, but that's what people talk about. I've been worried about it from the beginning, Buck. Um, I've been very outspoken about it from the beginning for multiple reasons. I know our own conference is divided on this issue. I acknowledge that. Um, you know, I understand the arguments on the other side, but the reason that I've been worried about it and outspoken about it from the beginning are one, because first of all, we can't afford it. Here we are having debt limit talks. We're reaching our debt limit in the United States of America, and we're, we continue to send tens of billions. How many, how many hundred billion or so plus is it now that we've sent over to Ukraine, Buck? I don't even know what the figure is at this point. It's way too much money. Um, you know, so one, we can't afford it. Two, we're escalating a, you know, a possible conflict with uh, Russia, you know, which could become very bad very quickly. That doesn't even, that's just Russia by themselves, not to even mention um, some of their allies that are, you know, some pretty serious actors around the world that could cause um, some, some serious damage to a Western alliance if we're even able to form one. You know, so I think that this has been this has been something that uh, many of us have been, you know, kind of canary in the mine shaft um, on and just calling it out from the beginning because we are concerned about the escalation. We're concerned about spending money that that we don't have, spending, you know, our resources, our ammunition, um, et cetera, that we might need for another conflict for a, a real ally that has been an ally of ours for a, a very long, a very long time. Do you think there's a there's a greater will? I mean, there, there are veterans like you, right, who understand that what warfare is like, what it entails, um, what the the losses are that come from war, even even a war that you're you know winning in a national sense, the destruction and loss of life and loss of many of of your best people in a country is something that comes along with that. Are are we? At, at a place now where we can have more honest conversations, you think, than before about whether or not this is a war that we should be fighting? Or is there still this uh, overriding sense of if you oppose the establishment on the need for this war, you're unpatriotic or you're not? Do you know what I mean? Do you think because yeah. of Iraq and Afghanistan, we're able to have a more honest talk? Or is that is that a little bit... Uh, to giving too much credit to the uh, honesty and the dialogue over war or warfare these days? You know, I give a lot of credit and I know a lot, some people will disagree with this, but I give a lot of credit to former president Donald Trump and just his America first agenda, because quite frankly, Buck, I think he caused many of us, including myself to really rethink some of our foreign policy views. He made many of us ask, 
Um, is this the best thing for America? Is this the best thing for American citizens? Should should we be involved in this? How much how much money should NATO be spending? Should they be solving their own problems over in Europe, or should we continue to try and be the world police? And so, I I've always felt like we can have we we can and we should be able to have a you know serious real conversation about this. Um, I know some of my colleagues tend to be you know much more hawkish when it comes to um, national security and um, a lot of these a lot of these foreign wars, but. I mean, like you mentioned, Buck, we're coming off the heels of, you know, two decades of wars, you know, a, a bunch of veteran issues. Um, again, we're $32 trillion in debt. We're voting on our debt ceiling right now. And when you look at some of the other hotspots around the world with with folks that I would argue have been allies to the U.S. for far longer than Ukraine, like Taiwan and even Israel, I think that, you know, I'm concerned that we're not going to have the resources necessary to help out, you know, some of our some of our real friends, um, you know, if if uh, if they get attacked. Do you think that we would even uh, under the Biden administration, let's just put it that way, if China invaded Taiwan, do you think that we would take military action or would we meaning would the Biden uh, White House do a lot of diplomatic resolutions and angry letters? But how, how do you think they would respond? I don't think that we would do anything, Buck. I, I believe that this uh, this administration has been co-opted and corrupted by the CCP. We, I just came from a Homeland Security Committee hearing where we were talking to an individual from the FBI about this very thing, you know. And you've got to ask why is a why is a Chinese spy balloon allowed to fly over the United States for a week? Why do they have, you know, police stations here? Um, why are they buy, able to buy up farmland near some of our military institutions? Why do they have some of the education, um, you know, facilities like the Confucius Institutes here in the United States? And I know a lot of some of this stuff has been going on, you know, before President Biden. But when now when you look at some of the investigations that are coming out of oversight and judiciary where they're showing literally showing the receipts and they're talking, you know, Telling the American people, hey, we've seen these receipts in the Treasury, of uh, you know, uh, businesses, groups tied to the CCP, sending money to the Biden family, you know, and not just not just the Chinese, but other countries as well, to the tune of millions of dollars. Um, I, I think that's called elite capture, Buck. And I think, you know, I think, you know, a little bit about that. And often um, nations and we're we're not above it. We'll do it. We'll do it ourselves. Any nation out there trying to gain an advantage on another nation will look to co-opt and corrupt high-ranking officials, family family members, etc. And uh, I don't know what else. I don't know what else to say about it. I don't know how how you could not look at what's going on with Hunter Biden, the Biden family, the dealings that they've had with other countries for years now. The fact that they don't have any business businesses whatsoever. One of my colleagues in the hearing. You know, Buck made a comparison to the Trump family and, you know, their their family dealings overseas. And I said, you know, one of the big differences between the Biden um, and Trump business dealings overseas is the Trumps actually have businesses. They own hotels, resorts, et cetera, you know, et cetera. And the Biden family doesn't they don't have any businesses. They have a bunch of shell companies, um, a bunch of LLCs that they've set up. And it really yeah. appears they they've done that to launder money. What, what were they selling? You know, it's a, it's an excellent, else. it's such an excellent point you bring up. You know, 
If you're operating a hotel, your people come and go. They stay overnight. They, you know, buy a cheeseburger or something, maybe a couple of pints of beer. They go on about their business. That's the Trump version of international business. The Biden family version is pay me a lot of money so that I can get you close to my dad who's running U.S. foreign policy in Ukraine, for example, under the Biden, I mean, under the Obama administration, right? So uh, what do you say to constituents, though, uh, Eli, when they come up to you and they say, Congressman Crane, how can I trust the FBI and the IRS given all the whistleblower information that's come out and all the information we already know from the laptop and everywhere else about Biden family corruption and nothing is done? Like, what, what can you say to them? You know, it's it's really hard, Buck, and that's not what they ask me. They they ask me why I'm not doing more. And it's sad because then I have to tell them, you know, hey, we have we have powers and authorities in Congress, but throwing people in jail isn't one of them. Um and and so, you know, the people of this country, Buck, as you know, they're so disenfranchised. Uh, they they can't believe what they're seeing going on in their country. You know, if I'm sitting up here talking about our commander in chief and his family's business dealings with the Chinese Communist Party and other states. And I don't do that lightly. There was never a time as a young boy where I, one, ever wanted to run for Congress, let alone wanted to see the country that I love and have fought for become what it is today. And, you know, it really concerns me as a father and, and just the trajectory that we're on and how partisan things have become. To where we'll have, you know, there's one set of standards for people that, you know, vote the way I do. And there's a completely set of standards um, for the folks that vote the completely opposite way. And justice is supposed to be blind. And I know we have, you know, it, there's nefarious activity on both sides of the aisle. But at some point, Buck, you have to ask yourself, um, what is Hunter Biden still doing walking the streets? Um is Joe Biden going to be impeached because um, is Secretary Mayorkas going to be impeached? I mean, it's just it's bizarre to me that this dystopian land that we live in and the constituents that I represent, they're they're heartbroken. And and that's what I think that's one of the only reasons they sent me, Buck, because they thought, hey, maybe this guy who uh, has never been in politics, who usually wears a ball cap, maybe he'll actually fight for us. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to do up here. You know, I'm learning every day, but that's what I'm trying to do, man. Well, we appreciate that. And this is I knew that about you even when you were running, which is why we were um, doing our best on radio to try to help pull you over the finish line. And I know you uh, you are, are doing everything you can day in and day out. I want to talk to you about uh, 2024, uh, Congressman, in just a second. What, what you see happening on the Democrat side, Republican side, Arizona, a state you know very well as you represent one of the districts there. Um, but I first got to tell everybody at home, uh, the headlines are very clear, right? I mean, how long before the other shoe drops? How long before the dollar is no longer the world's reserve currency? Uh, or we have a massive recession or a combination of economic uh, factors just really hurts uh, really tears down your 401k, uh, goes after the savings you have in the bank. We all know that you need to take action now. If you wait, it's too late. Try diversifying with gold. All right, look, I'm like you. I want the dollar to be the reserve currency forever. I, I hope you don't have to think of it in that situation, but think of it this way also. Gold has been a store of value for as long as human beings have been trading goods and services, basically. 
Gold is solid. It's something you can hold in your hand in your possession. So it's an investment because it can go up in value and it has. Look at look at gold the last 30 years. How was that done as an investment? And it's a hedge against inflation. So I'm a gold and silver owner, holder, really, myself. I have it in my portfolio. I think you should too, but you got to have people you can trust. That's the Oxford Gold Group. It's who I use. The call is free when you give them a ring right now. 833-430-BUCK. That's 833-430-BUCK. Or if you just want to go online to their website, oxfordgoldgroup.com slash buck. They make this easy. They've been at it a long time. They'll send gold or silver or both, is what I do, securely to your home and arrange for easy, discreet delivery. One more time, it's 833-430-BUCK. All right, Eli. First off, people ask me, they say, have we fixed the problem in Arizona when it comes to elections? And I say, I don't know. But I'll ask people who do. I'll find out. How do you how secure do you feel? I mean, you just won, right? So we know that Republicans can win. A whole bunch of Republicans won in 2022. Um, for anybody who has concerns about uh, the security of elections, particularly in your state, what do you say to them? Like what, when you're traveling around either statewide or nationwide, what do you say about Arizona elections? Well, Buck, um, you know, at, at the risk of sounding conspiratorial, um, I don't trust the elections in Arizona at all. And, you know, you bring up a good point wow. and people will say, wow, well, Eli, you, you won your race in Arizona. And you know what I say to that, Buck? Yeah, but I didn't have to deal with Maricopa County. And I think if I had to deal with Maricopa County, Buck, I don't think I'd be sitting here today. I could be wrong on that. It's just, you know, it's just what I've seen, what I've read. Um, you know, over and over and over again, it's, it's just, uh, you know, I, I don't trust it. I know that the, uh, the state, um, legislature has uh, been doing some good work down there with, uh, Senator Wendy Rogers, Senator Sonny Borelli. I believe they passed something yesterday, um, that had to do with, uh, voting machines. I'll have to take a better look at what they, what they passed, but, I, I think I know they're doing some good work down there. I know they haven't given up. And, uh, you know, that's important to me, man, because, you know, I honestly, like, I, I don't trust, I don't trust our elections the way they are. And uh, some of the things that I see, you know, from, you know, the ballot harvesting that was going on, um, you know, I, I just, I don't trust them. And, you know, the thing is too, Buck, like I know just years before, you know, President Trump started, you know, you know, winning. Uh, the Democrats were complaining about it as well. They were doing Senate reports about, you know, how corruptible, you know, these ma machines were, et cetera, et cetera. And everybody knows that any machine, any computer can be hacked, right? If you, right. if you put the right, if you put the right people on it, but we act like, oh, they're completely incorruptible. And when you look at just this last election that we had, how many of the voting centers went down on election day, um, you know, that was pretty, that was honestly pretty suspicious. And, you know, here's, here's the thing too, Buck, when you, when you compare Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake, have you, you've met Carrie, right, Buck? Oh, I know. I know Carrie. Sure. Yeah. She's a savage man. And I say that in a love, the most loving, respectful way I could, she is, she's a boss lady. Carrie Lake could do, I think Carrie Lake could do anything she wants to do. She's one of the most intelligent people that I've ever met in my life. She might be the best communicator I've ever met in my life. I multiple times 
went to events with Carrie and she's like a rock star in Arizona. I mean, you look at their social media accounts alone. I mean, it's like, and I know that's circumstantial evidence, Buck, but it's like, I mean, come on, man. The, you know, and, and here's some more circumstantial evidence. But, you know, when I look at Joe Biden, this guy that had lost uh, presidential races before was a complete gaffe machine. And he campaigned out of his basement, you know, for almost the entire time, got 81 million votes. He did better than, you know, Barack Obama. It's like, come on, man, that, that right there should send warning signs to people. And I'm not saying that's hard evidence right there. That is circumstantial evidence, but that should really concern people. The guy could barely string together a sentence while he was campaigning. And, you know, I'm really worried about our elections nationwide uh, because I think these folks that are pulling the strings and running the show, I think they will, I think they will do anything for power. Well, that's and, and, definitely that's definitely true. Right. I mean, we've seen the lock up people because they were parading on government ground on January 6th. They'll lock them in solitary confinement for 18 months, deny them basic human decency and, and basic human rights for nonviolent crimes and hold yeah. them there under the premise. And this is from the judicial opinion that I saw for one of the detainees that they can't let them out on bail because they'll do another insurrection. Right. As if. As if that's in any universe uh, a reasonable position or reasonable belief. But uh, Eli, I, I want to hope maybe this will be on a hopeful note. I've got one last question for you. I'll get to it with you in a second. But it's how do you see things looking for 2024? But let's just put a pause on that for a second. Um, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, everybody, uh, you know, Eli's a veteran. Tunnel to Towers does amazing stuff for the veterans community. It really keeps the promise of the American people to support and, and assist our heroes and to never forget what they've done for this country. You know, my wife, Carrie, she's doing the Tunnel to Towers climb in New York City uh, the first week of June. So I'm involved with Tunnel to Towers. She's involved with Tunnel to Towers. We think it's such an important organization. And through the Veteran Homelessness Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and service, uh, services to homeless veterans. They did it for more than 500 veterans in 2022. They're going to do it for more than 1,500 veterans this year because all veterans who honorably served deserved our nation's gratitude. Join Tunnel the Towers on its mission to do good and never forget the sacrifices of our greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month. I donate every month. $11, please. That's all it takes to get started here. T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Eli, what do you see for 2024? You hopeful, optimistic, concerned. You have a dog in the race or a dog in the fight, so to speak, already. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely concerned, Buck. You know, you and I just got done talking about election integrity. Um, that right there overshadows, you know, the reasons, you know, some of the reasons for my concern right there. Um, I do have a dog in the fight. Um, I endorsed President Trump, uh, I think, the day or two after he announced. And it's not because I don't, you know, like or respect Ron DeSantis. I most certainly do. I, I think he's done amazing things down in Florida. Um, one of the reasons that I support President Trump is because I think that things are so bad right now, we need the biggest, baddest fighter that um, maybe we've ever had in American politics. And I believe that that, that is President Trump. Um, and the other thing, too, Buck, is uh, he doesn't need any on the job training. He's going to be able to walk into that. And I think because I think he's been stewing and mulling on some of the things he wishes he would have done uh, for the last several years. And I think, you know, if if he gets 
the uh, nomination and is able to win, pull this off and win it, I think he'll walk in um, and I think he'll make some drastic ch- changes that have been needed for a long time. And so, you know, um, do I wish President Trump would, you know, not 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 pick a lot of Twitter fights and, you know, ratchet it, ratchet it down from time to time? Absolutely. But we all have a friend like President Trump, who's just a, a natural born fighter. And a lot of times they don't know they, they don't know how to turn it off. Um, and, 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 but that's okay, man. In this, in, in, in my it's who you opinion, want in a bar I, fight, right? I mean, stuff gets yeah. ugly. You want the guy that throws the punches. Exactly. And I think that's who, that's why we need him right now. I, I hope he's able to pull it off. Um, and I hope, I, I know that the Democrats are sca- still scared to death of him. That's why you see so much lawfare coming at him. Um, but you know, he's, he's definitely my pick, but I will, I will support, you know, definitely either Trump or DeSantis if they come, you know, whoever comes through, um, you know, that race, because we need, we need a Republican back in the house, but I'm hoping that it's president Trump. Hope so too. Eli, thank you, uh, as always for your service, um, both, uh, on the battlefield and now up on Capitol Hill. Uh, thank you for being with us here on the show and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you, Buck. Thank you, man. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber, the complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye. He needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the Foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel the Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs.